Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today's show is brought to you by Rattlesnake Ranch Pecans. Rattlesnake Ranch Pecans can help take the stress out of holiday shopping with products that are sure to delight the taste buds on anyone on your list. Like their best-selling gift tins of gourmet assorted candied pecans flavors, including chocolate toffee, honey toasted, and Cajun roasted. Our family received one of these tins and we devoured it. I mean, open up a tin and let six people stand around it and try every single one and love them. That's what it looked like at our house. Go to rattlesnakeranchpecans.com and get 15% off your entire purchase with the code HAPPYHOUR at checkout. Today, friends, you're listening to episode number 275, and my guest for today is my friend, Becky Kaiser. Now, if you're an OG Happy Hour listener, you've been around for longer than a year, you might remember Becky. She was a guest back in November of 2016 on episode 117. She and I met years ago at Campwell, which, side note, if you guys are thinking about how you might want to make 2020 the year you dream big and run after the things you feel called to do, Campwell is a great investment in yourself to do just that. Becky and I, plus lots of other guests that have been on the show, can attest to that. Becky and I talk about the road of faithfulness today, of taking those faithful small steps in what God has called each of us individually to walk in. I love the timing of this show as we're about to enter a new year, a new decade, a new everything. We can ask ourselves, how am I doing? What is God asking of me to be and to do in this next year? We also talk about loving our husbands more than our kids, how we wanna model for our kids that our lives are first submitted to Jesus, and we pray they will see us sharing about Jesus that is so important. Becky shares about walking through some loss and the practicing of forgiveness that God has led her throughout the last year. Becky Kaiser is a delight, you guys, and you're going to love hearing about all things holidays and how centering God's word in the middle of any holiday season can lead you to create less chaos and more Jesus during any season, particularly, friends, the season we're in the midst of right now. Friends, it's the second week of December, and you might be feeling a little bit run down by all the commitments in your life. I'm so glad Becky's here to talk to us about this. And You might have all those end-of-the-year projects that are overwhelming you, or maybe the season is just a little challenging time that's filled with grief, loss, emotional pain, mental anguish, whatever it might be, wherever you might be landing right now, today in December, or if you're listening to this episode in March, it doesn't matter, wherever you might be, I want you to know something. I want you to know that you're loved, that you are seen, that you're valued. Our Happy Hour team, we're so grateful for each of you, and we consider it a tremendous honor to create this podcast for you every single week. God sees you, he loves you, and he is near. Guys, we'd love to see your family this holiday season. If you send out Christmas cards or holiday cards, send us one, add us to your mailing list. We would love to see it. We're gonna put all of them up on the wall in our recording studio, and we will send you a card from us, all the people that work on the Happy Hour as well. 
The show notes was where you can find the address. Go to jamieivy.com. Look for this show and all on the webpage. Not only can you get all the information from this show today, but you're going to be able to find our address to send us a Christmas card. I cannot wait to see your family. All right, here is my conversation with my friend, Becky. Becky, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Welcome back to the happy hour. Yes. I'm so glad to have you. You were episode, let me tell you. I figured it out. Today's 275. Yep. You were 117. Three years ago. We thought it was two. Yeah, November 2016. So fun. Which a lot has happened in both of our worlds in three years. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you. You know, I have a strict rule about bringing people back. Oh, yeah. Well, it has to be two years. Okay. I have to really like them. (laughs) (laughs) So here you are. I'm like. I know. I know. Um, Okay. So tell everyone, reintroduce yourself. If you were not around for episode number 117, which you know what's funny is Mm -hmm. I spoke at a church last night. Yeah. And a girl came up to me and she said, I just started your show. She's like, I'm on episode number 30. Stop it. And I was like, girlfriend, come up to the current. (laughs) (laughs) Work your way back. (laughs) Work your way back. But she was adamant about, I start at the beginning and I'm going to work my way through. You have a binger. Mm -hmm, A binger. That's so fun. You probably have more than one binger. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Introduce yourself. Okay. So where have I been since then? Where am I in my life? Just tell me who your people are. Okay. I live in the Woodlands, Texas, which is just north of Houston. I have three girls, Karis, Mariah, and Chandler. So third grade, first grade, and pre-K. Chris and I just celebrated our 12-year anniversary. Congrats. Thanks. It was a, it's a good one to celebrate. Yeah. It's been a good year for uh-huh. us. So girls, which make up so much of my life, just a lot of emotions. Like last night at bedtime was, I can't even count how many tears there were. We had like- What a were fi- the tears for? We took away a privilege. Oh, yeah. And so it was, we were the worst and there was storming off and climbing to the top of the bunk bed, which we can't climb to the top of now, mm. you know? And so that's was challenging, but we had a good family meeting in the middle of the bedroom at nine o'clock when they were all supposed to be in bed at eight. Um, I know the emotions. A couple of years ago, my daughter's 12 now, but there was a note on her door uh-huh. that said, do not come in if your name's Aaron or Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> we know how you feel. And before she is, I found a journal of hers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do, would you read your girl's diary? I don't know, but we're getting there, right? Where I'm going to have to make this decision quick. Do you think you would? I hope I wouldn't. Really? Is that enough oh. of an answer? But I feel like I would. I 100% do. So, okay. I mean, I, I don't know what that means about <laughs> me, but I 100% do. Okay. Should well, I not? I, I don't know. Where's the Where's the line? I remember my mom reading my journal, my diary when I was younger. And I remember just feeling so betrayed of the break in privacy. Oh. I think Story knows I read it once. Does she ever? I wrote a note to my mom once I found out that she did. In the journal? Uh-huh. Oh. I called her out on it. And then I never journaled again until I was in co- like high school. But I became oh, a Christian. Here's, here's number 878 way I've scarred my daughter. So there it is. <laughs> That's what Chris and I say. We're not saving for college. We're going to go ahead and just save for counseling. Right. A hundred percent. Get a scholarship. Yes. We'll yes. pay for your counseling. Um, well, now I am totally rethinking I'm not a nosy person and like, I need to know what's happening in your world because what is Becky and Chris talking about? But with my kids, I get so nervous. I'm going to miss something. And what I mean is I'm going to miss, they're sad. They're anxious. They hate me. They hate their life, which they, all those things are probably true. Oh, within a given week. Exactly. Yeah. So I've had a lot of people tell me that it's wrong to read your kids' journals. But don't, do you feel like they need a safe place to? Yes, 100% Becky. Are we going to have a life coaching moment? <laughs> we're ha- you are a life coach. No, I do think that they do. And yeah. I would be really sad if I found out someone was doing that to me. Yeah. But, so but here's you- what I want to tell my kids. Okay. Just hide them better. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> All right. You don't want to raise kids who are hiding things from you because they think you're going to invade their space. 
My so poor kids. Maybe tr- okay, maybe try tell me a what month. to do, Becky. Okay, so try a month. Well, let me just tell you this. Okay. I've read her journal like three times, yeah. and that was over her 12 years of life. Okay. And I don't go in her room yes. looking for it. It just happened to be on the ground when I walked in, and so I just happened to pick How it do up. You not? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I would hope that I wouldn't, but I'm not sure. I can't say that definitively. But instead, like, I'm sure you're an amazing mom. So you ask her questions like, how are you feeling today? Did this make you happy, sad? So like my girls are younger, different like stage of life. They're not hiding as many things from me as maybe your kids are. But like every night when I'm rubbing my girls in backs, it was we're tugging them oh, in. Oh, you're a great mom. <laughs> you that. They're younger. And so this is a necessity. But I always ask them every day. I don't ask what's your favorite part. I don't ask like, what happened today, but I always ask, tell me something that made you happy today. Tell me something that made you sad. Tell me something that made you feel nervous. And that's how I get like the playgrounds. Right now it's the playground stories and the lunch table stories. And this person laughed at me. That's how I get those stories now. But again, my kids are younger. So it's a little bit easy. Story just yesterday, I got home from a trip. I've only been gone for three days. And I said, did you miss me? And she goes, I did miss you because when you're here, you ask us our highs and lows. And I thought, well, that's what, if we're going to do the scale of good and bad, like some religions do, (laughs) I'm throwing that on the good side. Yes. Um, But here's what I've thought about. You can tell me. Christmas is right around the corner. And I don't think I should speak this out into the universe. Oh, no, I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. I have thought about getting a really nice journal. Yeah for all four of my kids and having it be something where we write back and forth to each other. I love that. Um, Because sometimes it's just easier to write. That's why people journal. You can write the scary things. You can write the scary things. I can write the moments I'm so proud of you or whatever. I've thought about doing that for Christmas this year. Do it. I think I might. Do it. And then because... Aaron and I used to have this journal that we wrote back and yes, forth to. Yes, Chris and I did too when we were dating. That's I said I love you in that before Aww. I said I love you to him. But we would hide it. Like in, yes. if someone went oh. on, a tri- on a trip, we'd put yes. it in their luggage or something. That's I cute. found it the other day and it was so sweet. Oh, yeah. I bet. Yes. So anyhow, I'm thinking about doing that, Do which it. might help me get a feel as like they could be, write their emotions yes. to me and I don't have to sneak in their rooms and read their journals when yes. they're gone. <laughs> Maybe get to kind of have the locks on them and be like, I'm giving you both keys. It didn't just come with Just so line. everyone knows, I've never snuck in anyone's room. <laughs> to look for something, but oh my gosh. While we're on this subject, I want to tell you a funny story. I look like the worst person in the world right now because I just told you I read Stories Journal three times in my life. Okay. I'm about to tell you another awful story. (laughs) Or just real life mom story. Probably eight years ago. Okay. I was um, putting some clothes away, you know, doing regular things that I do in my life. Yeah. And I um, found one of Aaron's journals. Oh no, (laughs) this one is bad, I found one of Aaron's journals. I like to say it was just open. Like, what was I supposed to do? Yeah. Not it, read it? It was probably like underneath something and closed. <laughs> <laughs> so I read it, Becky. Okay. And um, I read something in there that said that this is like a cancer. It's killing my body. Oh. Uh-huh. I called my best friend, Amy, and I said, I need you to pray for me because I'm going to have to confront Aaron. I don't know what's <gasps> going on. I thought he was a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> Literal cancer literal cancer. Okay. I thought he was a smoker. Okay. So I'm thinking I've been married to this man at this point, 12 (laughs) years, 10 years, and you've been smoking our entire marriage, which if you smoke, I'm not throwing you under the bus, but it's not good for you. That's, that's a fact. Right. I'm thinking he goes to work every day and smokes. Like this is, this is, this is where I'd go. I'm a six. Yeah. I'm going all the way to the worst case scenario. So he comes home and I say, um, and my friend's praying like, Something that bad is about to happen yeah. at the Ivy household. He's about to stage four. Yeah. or yeah. So, yeah. so I sit him down and I said, hey, I have to talk to you about something. I said, I, I found this today. And it's his journal. Can you imagine how awful that feels to have someone say... Awful. So I said, this was in my office. I found it. And I need you to explain this part right here. 
and he starts busting out laughing. Uh-uh. And I was like, this isn't funny. Like, have you been smoking <laughs> for 12 years? <laughs> he said, Jamie, like, I'm a songwriter. It's like an analogy about like sin and how we need to fight it. And it can, it's a Jamie. cancer and it can kill you. So I was like, oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. JK, just kidding. And then he was like, first of all, don't read my journal. <laughs> right. I just this threw myself way under the bus today. That's not throwing your. This is this is why people love you so much, Jamie, because you'll say those things that no one else will. Which is the only time I've ever read Aaron's journal. So just everyone. Well, lesson learned. You're yeah. never going to do oh, that yeah, again. Yeah. But yeah. this, may, my girls have started. I've always journaled since I became a Christian, and I still have like my journals from 16. But my girls like like them because those were the more flowery cover yes. ones. Oh yeah. And so they'll take them now and they're like, "Mom, can I have this one?" And I said yes, but then I started reading them and they can read now. I'm like, I should keep these back. This makes me want to burn every journal I've had for 20 years. Well, this now. is a question I have to people that journal because I'm yeah. not a journaler. Yeah. And so, do you write things that you wouldn't want anyone to know if they read it? I for sure did when I was in high school and college. I for sure don't now. Okay. So like I, to me, it's more like general prayers. Okay. I do, if I'm writing about a situation or a person, I for sure, I, I just do like, if their name is Anna, I would do an A. Like I wouldn't could even write Allison, their name. Could be Amy. Could be a million people. Amber. But I'm going to, I've been thinking recently about burning them and you have. <laughs> like I've given you good reason for that. I'm totally going to burn my journals now. Yes. Well, did you say recently, I think Beth put up, uh, by Beth, I mean, you're yes, a nice friend, right. Beth Moore. Um, close personal friend. Close personal friend. Yes. Uh, put up about if I ever die, Amanda, come over her daughter and yeah. burn all the journals. Yeah. Um, but I always think about that of people who journal is. Now, if you don't do that, I do want to know, why do you love journaling? So I don't know. Like I'm a, a processor. Okay. And so I like, I just listened to you and Susie Davis's podcast that came out, which is amazing. So it's if you haven't so listened to amazing. it, it's going to probably be in the show notes, the number. So go listen to it. It was really good. And I like that Do you she, know Susie Davis? I don't. You should know Susie well, Davis. You said Soul Care Weekend. And I emailed, I listened as I was driving here and I emailed myself, check out Soul Care Weekend. I promise you I should. I want to go to whatever yes. is the next one. Yeah. Um, but she talked about journaling with you. And I was surprised to hear you don't journal. Well, we were you surprised? Well, same as her because you have written. Oh, yeah. But then you shared that you like talking and you're yeah. a verbal processor, uh-huh. which makes sense. So for it me, like it was, a a, it was a my bit safe to place to like process yeah. because I do like I grew up going to counseling since I was an infant. So like having that space to work things out. Otherwise, I'm such I'm an Enneagram three. I'm like a doer. So if I don't slow down to journal and process and plan like a post-its and plans all over my journal, it's just not going to happen because yeah. I'm going to go mode as soon as I get up. Can I ask you one more question about journaling? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's my show. So when I, a lot of times when I'm sitting down and I'm having like a moment with God, quiet time, whatever you want to call it, I often will have a piece of paper next to me because my brain gets so like, it starts thinking about dinner or groceries. And I used to feel really guilty about that. Like, Jamie, can you not? Yes. turn everything off. And yep. then I'm like, I have a hard time. But if I have that notebook piece of paper next you to me, I write it, it down real quick yep. and then get Done. straight. Do you do something like that? No, but I've heard people, I will do similar something. Well, I'll, if I don't have like my phone, I keep a notes app of like running ideas and to do's. And so I'll plug it onto that real quick. Yeah. But I've heard other people say the same thing. And then it helps me. It gets it yes. out of my head. Yes. Yeah. And, but can I also say for you, because you are not alone in the like feeling distracted and then feeling ashamed when you're spending time with the Lord. I mean, it's kind of like sex or anything else. Like you should be fully present, but life is life. Life and so is life. You shouldn't feel uh-huh. shame, Jamie, for like being like, oh, I need to go pick up the dry clean today or this podcast guest would be an amazing. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask her this specific question yeah. because that's who God created you and wired you to be. So 
put it on the paper and then move on to the thing. So you're telling single girls that are listening right now that one day you might be having sex and you might think about something you forgot to do that day. I mean, some people, (laughs) some people might. (laughs) I've heard it might happen. You might think other things. It's not all sex in the city. (laughs) Okay. You said something a few minutes ago when I asked you about, you said you've been going to counseling forever. Yeah. What put you, what not, what put you in, what led you to counseling as a young child? I mean, I was an infant, honestly. My parents divorced when I was three months old. And then it's just a lifetime of family situations that the the most healthy thing my parents did growing up is that they put me, me and my brother in counseling. And so all throughout life, there were so many trauma situations that the details of those I can't always share publicly because it's not just my story. But I think it's the reason why I, I have been able to, I've had counselors tell me like, you shouldn't be as high functioning as you are with what you have endured. And I think that's the reason why, because I walked through my emotions and my feelings and the trauma. And once I became a Christian, walked through with Christian counselors of, okay, we've done all the self-help practical things of healing, but also like, how do you forgive people who have traumatized you? How do you forgive yourself for the bad decisions you've made? And so walking through that was the most healthy thing that I could do. You know, I find it interesting is that a lot of times we talk about counseling a lot on the show, but how old are you? I'm 37. Okay, so I'm 41. So <laughs> yeah. we're close in age. Yeah. I would say that there was even more of a stigma when we were younger yeah. about counseling. Totally. And so the fact that your parents, even though whatever the trauma, whatever yeah. was going on in your family, had the wisdom to say, hey, yeah. this is something that's going to be valuable. Totally. That's that's huge. 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 My mom's a psychologist, so that's helpful. Um, she wasn't then. She became one as I was growing up. But so that's been a core family value of we invite people who are professionals and who know better. And I think as Christians, we feel like, well, the Holy Spirit is our great counselor. You know, True. like Jesus is yeah. our high priest. Uh-huh. And all those things matter. But sometimes you need to bring an unbiased person in this situation who is going to shoot it to you super straight, see your blind spots, push you. Like I can, my default is like, I'm going to numb myself out and just push through. And so I won't like deal not with, think about it, not talk about it. Yeah, like through. disassociate completely. Like just like it is what it is. I can't do anything about it. So I'm going to disassociate and just truck on. And they help me deal with it so that I'm healthy and can offer a fuller version of myself beyond just stuffing the things down. So I would imagine, I'm not a psychologist by any means, yeah. but I would imagine even with all of your counseling, even with all of your help, you know enough about yourself that you might still have that tendency. Oh, totally. But you know how to fight it. Oh, like it's a red, if I'm binging a Netflix series. So like I just binged a Netflix series. What was it? Jane the Virgin. Is, can I even say that on the sure show? <laughs> is it bad? No, no it's great. It's, it's like some people would not think that it's an appropriate show. Because there's a word virgin in it? No, because of all the things that would be in seasons one through five, the uh-huh. whole show. But there, but it's okay. It is like so good. And I was just watching the hundredth episode, which is the final episode of the show and like sobbing in bed, crying. And Chris walks in on me. He's like, are you crying watching Jane the Virgin? I was like, it's over. And it was perfect. <laughs> and so if I'm doing but, that, yeah. not in a healthy spot, I'm avoiding, I'm about to make some big leaps and I have some big decisions coming up today even. And so- that was my unhealthy way of escaping is I'm going to watch a hundred episodes of Jane the Virgin. How long did it take you to watch a hundred episodes? I, they're probably 30 minute shows though, right? They're 45 okay. minutes maybe. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. And I thankfully I don't remember exactly when I started. So I'm going to tell myself it was the beginning of summer, but it but, could have been a I month mean, ago for yeah, all I know. For all you know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I don't remember the last year I benched. It's fun though to do that. It is. But you can tell. So that's your red flag of like, this is what's happening. If I'm binging or if I'm scrolling, like I don't typically scroll my social media feed. If I'm, if I'm doing anything that's going to pull me away and numb me out, 
that is my, Mm. because I am a go-getter. I'm a pro-triality. I'm a fight for it person. And so if I'm not dominating the world, then I'm, something's off. That's funny. That's interesting. I was trying to think when you're talking about what it would be for me. And I would be, if things got really stressful or hard, I would just maybe run away from them. Yeah. And not even in a disassociate, but just in a convince myself, I can't do this. Yeah. And so then if I can't do it, then I don't need to. Right. It's not a thing. Take yourself out of the game before you have a chance to fail at it. 100%. Yep. Not because I want to win, because I fear doing bad. Yeah. 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 I'm an Enneagram six. Yeah. I don't know the Enneagrams. I was certified Myers-Briggs, so I'm trying to embrace the Enneagram. I wish I could tell you mine. I don't remember it. I could probably tell you yours. We'll do that a different episode. We should do a special episode. Can you tell it to me right now? I'd have to ask you a lot more questions, but we'll do it another time. I would actually love that. Okay, so speaking of your certified and life coach, you did life coaching a lot more before you released your book, Sacred Holidays, which came out last year. Yeah. Yeah. Just had a year. I know, which is so funny. If you go back and listen to when you were on episode number 117, you talk about the dream of writing a book yeah. and having Lifeway publish yep. it. And yep. that came true. Yeah. And the book is out. Crazy. Um, before I, we talk about life coaching, yeah. let's talk about sacred holidays. Yeah. Where did that come from? So it came from when my daughter was younger. I wanted the holidays to mean more for her. And when I had a baby, everybody was like, I want the, the holidays are going to be magical again because I had a little one who finally could be in the believing yeah. years, you know? And the stubborn side of me was like, no, like they should be magical all the time. And so I kind of revolted uh-huh. and just wanted them to be meaningful. And what I felt like the Lord showed me in that first year trying to make it meaningful for her is the flight attendant analogy of Becky, you've got to put the oxygen mask on yourself. And what I was doing is trying to make it special for her by doing... I mean, she was not even sitting all the way up and we were doing the Jesse tree, right? It was dumb and advent candles, toddler spilling the advent candle all over her dress. Like it was just not a good situation. And the Lord was like, no, turn it around on yourself. And so I wrote, but at the time, this was five years ago, six years ago, there wasn't a lot of materials for advent. It was either super liturgical or like one page stapled kind of a thing. And so I wrote one for my friends and to hand out the prison that I was speaking at And people were interested. And so I was like, okay, I'll write another one. And it just kind of took off. And so two years ago, Lifeway caught wind of it and they pitched that book idea to me. It was something I'd just been on your show. I'd been at Camp Well and I'd spoken out loud, like, I want to write a book and I want to write it with Lifeway. And less than a year later, I had a contract with him. I remember that when we were at Camp Well talking about that. Yeah. Uh, You know, if we could talk for a minute about holidays, because we're in the middle of December right now. Yeah. My kids are older now, yeah. uh, 15, 14, 14, and 12, and Advent looks different for us. Of course. But I remember when I had younger kids and I needed to do the Jesse tree or I needed yeah. to do the Advent cards from She Reads or whatever yeah. it was. Right. I yeah. needed to do these things. What would happen to me is, and I just explained this to you when yeah. I said I would just quit and run away, yeah. is we would miss a day or two yeah. and I would feel like such a failure. Yes. You yeah. know, I yeah. mean, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier yeah. that you felt, I felt like a People feel like a failure if you're reading God's word and then you think about something else. Yep. I would get into this kind of mom of I'm I'm not a good enough mom to yep. do Advent well. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that's common. It is. That's what people don't know though, because all you see on Instagram is everyone's like perfectly curated family devotional time every single day, and their kid hanging their Jesse tree ornament on the tree and they're smiling and everyone's laughing. Like you, that's all you see, uh-huh. and that's I do. I have two Advent Bible studies. One you contributed for. Um, that we, that I put out. So I'm walking through one of those studies with people right now. And the number one thing I'm telling ladies is, listen, this is not about completing the study because I have a a closet full of unfinished Bible studies too. It's about connecting with Jesus. So for everyone listening to the show right now before Christmas, 
you might be like, well, crap, I missed the Advent Bible study window and you've already labeled yourself yes, a failure, failure and you're just hearing about right. it. Or maybe you're like, I meant to order one of Becky's or She Reads Truth or whoever's and you didn't. And here's the thing is, we just need to go to God's word because it's not about completing a study or having a family Devo time. We personally don't do the Devo time. It's just not Kaiser culture. Like it's just, <laughs> I, it's just, yeah. we're not like the cutesy family yeah. holding hands picture. So with Bible study though, wherever you are, you could start in the book of Luke and just work your way through it because the intent is during this season, whether you're listening to this podcast on December 15th, whatever day it comes out or December 24th, You just lean in more to Jesus than you did the day before. But you don't give yourself shame because life is going to happen. Kids are going to wake up early. Someone's going to get sick. You're going to not feel it. Something is going to happen. But we don't allow that shame to keep us from connecting to Jesus. That's the lie we all believe. And that's not just at holidays. That's frankly all your every every day. day. And that keeps us from walking with the Lord. And that's the thing I think that's missing most in our generation of women is we just don't know how to really follow Jesus for ourselves? We're so dependent on listening to other voices that we don't know what it means to just sit still for a little bit and have that time with him. Yeah. I was thinking when you were talking about Advent with little kids, I was thinking, well, maybe we need to lower our expectations. And I don't think that's the right word, but I think we need to re-reevaluate what success looks like if you're sitting down with your kids to do Advent. Because I remember sitting down with them and I'm like, why are we arguing? Why am I having to tell you to stop hitting your brother? Why are you standing up again? Sit down, we're reading God's word. (laughs) Don't paint your pants while we do it. Yes. And smile. Yeah. Because I'm gonna take a picture real yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But just not like I don't mean lower expectations, but just be a little bit more, more realistic, realistic that it looks different. Yeah. And yeah. if you have a two year old that you're doing the Jesse tree with, that's awesome. Yeah. But also know that it might need to be two minutes. Yeah. Or even you might just do a few of the ornaments this year, and that's totally fine. Yeah. There's a whole in the Sacred Holidays book, we ended up adding six common struggle chapters because I realized I was having these same conversations with women. And one of those is having realistic expectations. And that's for family Devo time. That's for going to your mother-in-law's for Christmas or going to your mom's house at Thanksgiving, whatever it may be where things come up, shopping, all of it is setting these realistic expectations of what it's actually going to be like versus what you want it to look like. And then you're disappointed a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Okay. Life coaching. Yeah. Now that I hear a little bit of your growing up background and realizing how important counseling was for you. And I know counseling and life coaching is not the same, but there are a lot of overlaps. Do you think that pushed you into where you found a love for helping people? Totally. And I wanted to get into psychology and counseling, but then I wasn't like a school person. Me neither. (laughs) Like I loved it. I went to A&M, but I would would go to campus and I'd have every intention to go to class. But then it's like I'd run into another friend (laughs) like, sure, I'll have two lunches today. And it just didn't work out for me. And when I found out, I was a psych major when I started actually. And when I found out you had to go to school for like another five years and then maybe "Hmm, eight years, I'm like, I think I'll just not. (laughs) So then I got into life coaching. I'm like, so counseling helps you kind of deal with the past, deal with a lot of trauma. Life coaching is all about how do we move forward where we are today? So half of my my clients in the past, I would always refer out to to counseling because they needed it. Like before you could deal with what nope, they're... as we're dealing oh, with okay, it. same time. Because I can't help someone who has certain things. Like say your husband has cheated on you. I can't deal with the trauma that that has happened, but I can help you today of like, what does that look like for you as a wife today? The decisions you're going to make, how you're going to order the rest of your life. I can help you there, but I can't deal with... The, exactly, the trauma, yeah, yeah. you know, you need a professional who's walked through that. Yeah, yeah. So you told me that you're wanting to get back into doing more life coaching. Yeah. What does yes. that look like for, like, if I were to have a life coach, yeah. Becky Kaiser, yeah. 
But let's just do it right now. Life coach session session. No, but in all seriousness, because I know you're dreaming about doing bigger events that have to do with that. And what, why does anyone even need a life coach? That feels to me so, you know, 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Or has this been going on forever? It just has a new name. No, I mean, I don't honestly know. So it's in the same way of, do you need a personal trainer? So you- The answer is yes. The answer is 100% yes, but don't want to pay for it. Exactly. And that's or of, do the work. Right, or do the work. So I mean, so it's kind of the same thing. And that's where I'm not going to step back into the one-on-one life coaching as it had initially been modeled. But when I say I'm stepping into life coaching is I'm combining my passion to disciple women through Bible teaching and God's word and all of that stuff. And now my voice, not just being holiday-based, which is kind of where it's been for the with the book coming out and Advent and Lent resources. And now just stepping into how can I coach Christian women to go after their thing? We're not just like, where Beth Moore is the greatest Bible teacher our generation was given, right? How can I then with my unique voice realize I'm not gonna be my generation's Beth Moore, but I'm gonna be my generation's Becky Kaiser. And my background is both a passion for Bible teaching, getting women studying God's word again, but also a passion of, but you got to order your life rightly too. Mm. And how do I bring those two passions together? And so that's where the Lord kind of showed me last year, a visual of like just casting that net to the other side, like he did with the disciples. And I felt like forever, I was just fishing from the same side because that's what I saw so many other women doing. And the Lord was like, I gave you this unique net, cast it the other way. And so this next year will be, I'm going to just try a whole bunch of stuff. So it's almost feels very, very scary of I'm starting over in some ways and it was against so much advice. Every wise counsel I was told said, stick in the holiday lane. Nobody's doing it. You could totally monopolize this. And I'm just not about monopolizing. I'm about doing the thing God's called me to do. And so I'm casting it to the other side. I have no clue exactly what that looks like, whether that's I'm going to do my first live event in January that I will be launching. Like January 2020? January 11th, 2020. Tell I know. us about it. What do you mean? So it's going to be a new, it's called New Year, New Thing. And it's just an intense goal setting day, reflecting on the past, evaluating the present and setting big realistic dreams for the January future. January 11th? Mm-hmm. How do you sign up? I don't know because I'm setting it all up today on the computer. So Are I've been serious? cleaning it all Well, up. you can let us know. We'll yeah. let everyone know how I'll they can g- do it. I'll yep. give you the link. But yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. And I have so three. So it would lo- be like, I would be in my house and I'd be watching you on a computer or I would come to you the would Woodlands. Come to the Woodlands. And so I have three locations. If I have 20 people signed up, 40 people signed up or 400 signed up, I have these locations set all within a 10 mile radius. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Because it feels scary. Totally terrifying. Yeah, it's always scary to do something new. Yeah, but I'm excited to be like face-to-face with people more. I love that, like speaking this past fall at women's events and churches, that makes me come alive when I'm connecting. Yeah. Guys, I know you're loving the conversation with Becky, but I want to thank two of our sponsors who make today's show happen. Today's show is brought to you by Molecule. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. Unlike our outdated HEPA filters, Molecule air purifiers use revolutionary PICO technology to destroy indoor air pollutants at a molecule level, removing them from the air you breathe. This includes even the most microscopic of pollutants, volatile organic compounds, also known as VOCs, many of which are known carcinogens that negatively affect our health. Molecule's technology has been verified by science, but most importantly, you guys, it's been tested by real people and has given allergy and asthma sufferers around the country an entire new experience. One customer even said she was able to breathe through her nose for the first time in 15 years. Whether you need the Molecule Air for large rooms or the Molecule Air Mini for smaller rooms, you can now choose the unit that's best for your space 
or create a bundle to provide an air purification solution for your entire home. To get 10% off your first air purifier order, visit Molecule, that's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. Enter the code JAMIE10, my first name, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, 10, at checkout. Again, that's Molecule, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. Use the code JAMIE10 for 10% off your first air purifier. Today's show is also brought to you by ThreadUp. Thrifting is fun for a lot of people, you guys, but spending hours sifting through the racks, that can't be fun for anybody, especially in the month of December. The holidays are so busy on themselves. ThreadUp makes it easy to get thrift store pricing with the convenience of online shopping. I personally do not have time to run to the store, to another store, to another store, looking for all the best price items while shopping for gifts this holiday season. And that's why I love that ThreadUp can be a one-stop shop for so many apparel needs. I love that I can save time and money with the convenience of their online shop. ThreadUp is the world's largest online thrift store, is on a mission to help you be kinder to your wallet and kinder to the planet this season. Shop today for an extra 30% off your first order at threadup.com slash Jamie. My name is J-A-M-I-E, and it's ThreadUp, T-H-R-E-D, up. Discover millions of secondhand finds from trendy brands like Everlane, Vince, and even Theory. All of them are 90% off the estimated retail. So instead of spending hours and hours looking at clothing on all the racks across all the stores across your whole city, you can shop millions of deals on your phone anywhere, anytime. Personalize your search by budget, size, style, and favorite brands to find exactly what you're looking for. All of their items are in high quality condition and some even still have the tags on. ThreadUp is a sustainable and more affordable way to get through the season. And for our listeners, here's a little extra holiday cheer for you. Get 30% off your first order at threadup.com slash Jamie, which do the math. The clothes are already so much knocked down from the original prices. And now you're going to get 30% off your first order, threadup.com slash Jamie. All right, here's the rest of my conversation with Becky. You mentioned something earlier and I want to go yeah. back to it. You said, and I'm going to butcher what you just said, but yeah. something about not having to do what everyone else was doing. Yes. And you said, you know, you, you don't need to be Beth Moore. Yeah. You need to be Becky Kaiser. Right. This is something that I see all yeah. of the stinking time yeah. of someone see someone successful at something. Yeah. And so then how do I just be like her? Yep. How has that kind of unraveled for you? Yeah. And that's where this past year has been really hard. I shared with you of off air is just like this year has been a challenging year for so many reasons. But one of those was launching the book, put me in a sphere of other authors. And all of a sudden I never dealt with insecurity. I just, it, I have many bents and that's just not been one of mine until I got into book writing and it just put me in this field with other people. And all of a sudden I started comparing myself Mm -hmm. to them and how do I write more like them or, Oh my goodness, she has this many followers and she's speaking all these places. And Jamie has a podcast, like all these things and what do I need to do? And so I think that's for so many of us, it's that constant comparison of, well, they're doing this, it works for them. Like, should I write a, do a podcast? Well, if I'm gonna do a podcast, it works for Jamie to interview people, but that sounds terrible to me. I have to schedule it and coordinate and all of that. And so one of the things I'm considering doing is just doing like a 10 minute life coaching a week podcast where I'm just sharing 10 minute ideas, but I'm not, organizing all the other things that stressed me out. And, and same thing with like writing, maybe I write differently than other Christian women authors. And I write more like the non-Christian self-help book, people with gospel truth. So I don't know. So my question though is how did you get to where you are now? Because I understand that tension. Yeah. Um, I remember I don't struggle with jealousy that much. And when I launched my book, there was this one person 
was so jealous. Yeah. It didn't make me feel insecure. It yeah. made, well, maybe it is insecurity, yeah. but I just felt, and she's in our same field. I mean, like you would, we're all, it, yeah. she's a friend. It's a small pond. And I remember having to deal with the sin that I don't yeah. have to deal with a lot in my life. And yeah. it was kind of frustrating to me. Like, yeah. where's this coming from? This yes. is not you. Yeah. And so having to fight that. And I will say that I fought it hard then. I mean, my my assistant, Amanda, at the time was traveling with me. And I swear she had to listen to me talk about this. Yeah. And she should have looked at me like three weeks in yeah. and said, you need to get yourself together. But she didn't because she yeah. was like pointing me to Jesus. Yes. <laughs> but I and, I and I don't think I'll deal with that again with the next release because I fought it and everything. Mm-hmm. But my question for you is that bubbled up to the top yeah. that you didn't experience that often, yeah. this insecurity. Yeah. You're still writing. Yeah. You're still doing things. Right. How do you fight that? It's the not giving up. So you and I, is it during this podcast or a different one or earlier when we talked about, do we take ourselves out of the game or not? And so I think for me, I, I want to quit all the time. You know, like I want to be like, there's other people doing this. It's not worth it. You think this often? I do. Uh-huh. Do you ever? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I think I want to, qu- no. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, and the quitting lasts for five seconds. Yeah. Because I immediately, as soon as I say, I, I have to quit this, it's too hard. It's too vulnerable. It's too out there. There's other people. And it's not even there's other people doing it. I shouldn't. It's where do I fit into this space? Yeah. And so maybe I just shouldn't even try. I think this is so common what you're saying. Yeah. It doesn't For matter if you're field. a public. Yeah. You say, and I are in a similar field. This is motherhood. Yes. This is teaching. This Network is- Network marketing. All the things. Attorney, teacher. College student. Yeah. Yes. All the things, this is a fear and a lie that we all believe in. And so for me, it's just that intentionally thinking, no, I know God's called me to do this. And if I walk away from that, I'm essentially walking away from my faith because I could not follow Jesus the way I follow Jesus and disobey in this. And so it's just an intentional thing. If you're walking with the Lord, if you're meeting with Him, if you're, He's a part of your every moment, you can, if the Spirit is guiding you, you can't walk in disobedience for long. So you think when you release your next book, you've got a handle on fighting this. I think I have more tools. That's right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. What, that's, what, that's what it have, is. I have more tools and I have more truth. Like I know I'm I'm working on book number two because I know I'm not going to give up again. I, not again, I'm not going to give up. Yeah. And to not pitch book number two was would have been giving up. Yeah. You know? But you're not feeling like I have to do it like this person anymore. You know, you want to do it like I Becky. I don't want to do it like th- that's, See, that's the freedom what I'm saying. I found. So good, yes, yeah, I that you got there. I don't want to do it like them anymore. And I feel like I had gotten like, Everyone says I need to stay in the holiday bubble. Everyone says I should pitch this publisher or this speaking opportunity. And now I'm just like, I'm just going to do the thing I'm supposed to do. And if that's small or if it's massive, that's not up to me. I think that's a beautiful way to look at it because this is a struggle that we all have, like we said. Um, I think what causes people to not keep going, yeah. some people, is to feel, I shouldn't be feeling like this. So there must be something wrong with yeah. me. Instead of hey, guess what? We're messed up, jacked up, sinful people. Right. So of course you feel yeah. this way. Yeah. Of course Satan's using this to get you to yes. take your eyes off the yes. off the prize of God. Totally. Of course. Right. But like you just said, we have to have the tools to yeah. fight Yeah. or we give up and yes. we give, you know, we let go. And that's not good. It's not good at all. Yeah. It's not really good. You mentioned earlier about some just kind of what you learned early on in counseling was yeah. about the tools for forgiveness, the tools for this. And yeah. I know you said you've had a hard year, yeah. 2019. How have you had to walk through this year of dealing with getting hurt by people yeah. that you love and people that you know? And yeah. how does a person who follows Jesus say, you hurt me? Yeah. And here's what, what does that look like next? Yeah. Yeah. So I've shared, I share with my close friends and I've shared as much as I can on social media that this past year has been 
brutal. I call it the year of loss. And we lost a lot of a lot of different things, some that I've been able to share, some that I've not. And it's been really hard because the loss really kicked off a month before my book launched. And so that was one of, as actually two months before my book launched is the losses just started. It's been one domino since. And and I think that was contributed to the wanting to quit everything and hide because that disqualified me in my mind somehow. And um, for me, it's just, it's been a faithful pursuit of not giving up and honestly being okay that I'm not okay. Like Chris has been, my husband has been like the most amazing rock. So when I say we celebrated 12 years, it's because it has, it was a celebration 12 years because this has been, we say all the time, like in all the crap that has happened this past year, it made us such a strong team. Mm. Like our marriage has not been perfect. We have fought, we've gone to counseling this past year, but it's gotten so strong because it was for times it was like all we had was each other yeah. and he has fought and he pushed like even today coming to be on your podcast, he cleared his work schedule so I could be here because he knew not just talking to you would be so good, but the three hours in the car just to like yeah. process. And so with all the hurt, it's just going back to the Lord again and again and being honest with your feelings, which I think we kind of suck at in Christian culture most of the time, or we're over honest with our feelings for like popularity yeah. sake. Uh-huh. Um, and so just going there and being okay with not being okay. I remember uh, my grandfather, who is the most significant person in my life, passed away this year and it crushed me. And I had a speaking engagement two weeks later. And right before I went on stage, they sing that song, um, You're Never Gonna Let, Never Gonna Let Me Down. Do you know that song? Yeah. Um, you Are never Good, Good. Me. Yeah, yeah. And um, I lost it and I was just sobbing. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't go on the stage. And it was a retreat. Like I had three sessions still to go, Jamie. <laughs> and so I walk on the stage and I hadn't gotten my crap together yet. And I broke down on the stage mm. and I was just sobbing. And I was like, for anyone here right now who just feels like God has let them down and you can't say that he's good and you can't say that he's never going to let you down because he's let you down tremendously. And we were talking before the show too, like how many listeners right now that are driving or doing laundry or whatever, where you feel like God's let you down this past year and you couldn't say those words if you had to. I just want to tell everyone it's okay to not be okay. And I feel like still today, over a year of the dominoes stack falling down, there are still more days than not that I'm not okay, that I just don't feel it, that I still feel feel betrayed by other people. And so I'm not trusting new people or trusting people that are in my life. And it's a constant wrestling with the Lord, of trusting that even so, He is good. And just when we were dri- I was driving up here and I was just praying through even that song, I thought of that song again of, and I thought, Lord, you let me down actually a lot last year, repeatedly, but he never let me physically down. You know, like he has had me in the palm of his hands, even though I felt like I couldn't even breathe some days. And so how do you deal when people betray you? You are okay with not being okay, but you also handle it rightly. And so I think as Christians, our default when bad things are happening is we'll over-process with unhealthy people. So that's why I believe in like counseling. Like a prayer request? Yes, a prayer request for this person who betrayed me. And here's what they did, yeah. Pray that the Lord changes her heart. You yeah. know, like we do, we do that all the time or we'll call our best friends and we just like word vomit. Mm-hmm. And honestly, scripture doesn't allow that. Like we really lighten up what gossip is allowed to say in scripture. But scripture says we go and we deal with it directly with people or we deal with it with the Lord. And I think if we could handle conflict rightly within the church, so much of the dumb drama would just not exist. Yeah. yeah. And that's how counseling, we're going to say it again, Yeah, comes into play. So much. 100%. So much. So what makes you stay? 
Day what out makes with the you Lord stay doing... with the Lord? Yeah. What makes you, because I mean, when I think about people listening, there yeah. are a lot of people who will abandon ship totally. because God has let them down. Or already have. Or have. Yeah. So for me, it's, I can't deny what he's done in the past, you know? And so we could go through all the scripture. Those things honestly don't matter. I wasn't raised in the church. So I, I don't, when you Romans wrote me, I just don't know what to say about that. <laughs> so whatever there. But I feel like I cannot deny what the Lord has done in the past. And I know this current season, five years from now, 10 years from now, I will look back at it and be in awe of what God's done because I am holding on to Him for dear life, even if I feel abandoned by all. And I had a friend at the start of this journey tell me, because as my book was launching and she said, Becky, I, this isn't a feel good thing to tell you, but I want you to know if, if the Lord has the plans for you that I believe He has for you, this is just the beginning of the slaughtering, you mm. know? And he That's fun to hear, by the way. Right? I, she was like that good of a friend, though, where she could I tell know, me, I agree. Amen. you need, because we grew up where Beth Moore was our Sunday school teacher and all those things. So we have seen firsthand what she has experienced on a whole nother level, right? right? And she was just saying, you are getting the backbone you need to be able to do the things God's called you to do. Who and that it? sucks. Her name's Sarah Medley. Okay. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. She's been my friend since high school. Aww. And um, and I needed, like that truth has helped me walk through this of like, the Lord is going to use this eventually, um, which is so annoying when people say that in passing, like don't say that to per- people who are hurting. Right. Like God's got a plan for this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to punch you in my face right. if you say, <laughs> right. your face right. if you say that again. Yeah. But for me, for her to speak that into me gave me a perspective at the start of this of, this is making me stronger and people are going to say things about me and do things to me and betray me and hurt me and do things I don't want them to do and leave my life from abandonment or death. And I'm going to have to persevere yeah. regardless. Yeah. So I was told, I told my close friends a couple of years ago, there's like a handful of close friends. Like, do you have a lot of friends? No, I don't either. Yeah. Like I have a, a lot of people I, I love. I say I keep a tight friend card. But I have a lot of people I love and I have a lot of people. But like, if I'm like, who do I want to bring to my house because I'm going to tell them I have cancer? Yes. It's like not that many. Less than five. But I remember talking to a handful of them a couple, like maybe seven years ago. And I said, okay, when tragedy hits my life, when this happens, all that happens, I need you to give me a couple days. Yeah. And then I need you to come and tell me what's true. Yeah. And like what you just said is that Sarah had that ability and authority in your life to do that. And those kind of truths it doesn't negate the truth, but yeah. when someone says it in passing or when someone says it to you that, well, we don't even know each other. Right. Thank you yes. for telling me that this is all for a purpose and God's oh going to work everything out. Yes. That is true. It's so true. That doesn't change the truth. Right. Of course. But when you have that person who's in your life, who can look at you yes. and say, I am for you. And yes. here's what we know is true. Is yeah. that this may not be the end of the suffering. Right. Yeah. And then you can take that in. Yes. So yes. when you, if you're a friend. Yeah. Cause I like to ask people like, how do we handle walking with a friend through hard things? Right. That's like, I, I often want to know that because yeah. I want friends to walk with me well. And I want to walk with friends. Well, Absolutely. you know, it's to be able to be a friend that can say that truth yeah. in love and kindness, yes. but we just stand on the truth of God's word. And you have to have been a really good friend before that. And I think that's where we're not great. You oh, know, it's good, like yeah. just, you have to earn your space there and have showed up for years and years and years. And, or maybe it's just weeks, maybe it's a fast friendship, uh-huh. but you have to have earned the right to say those things. Yeah. And so that means you have to have shown up before. Yeah. In all the small ways. Yeah. Are you going to do more than your show January event? Are you going to do that a couple times next year? I sure hope so. Okay. I hope so too. Okay. So you have a pre-kindergartner. Yeah. Which means next year. Next year, my whole life changes. Your whole life changes. Yeah. How are you feeling about this? So like the mom in me is, thinks that I should say that I'm just really sad, but like the Enneagram three in me is so excited because I, even driving up here, I was just reflecting with the Lord, like, 
all that he has done with having young kids at home. I've had young kids at home since I started this, all the like writing journey and speaking journey four or five years ago. Which is a testament that when you become a mom, you don't have to put all your, your dreams under the rug. Right. Your life's not over, but it does change what your ability of what you can do. hundred so percent. I know if I were, and it's not a bad decision, if I were to put my kids in preschool or whatever, fine. totally a fine thing to do and something I want to do on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And my and it's a luxury to stay home. We need to say that. There are many people in the world who that's pres- not an option. Right, right, right. And I, my youngest still goes to like a Mother's Day out preschool. Yeah. Like she has time or else I literally couldn't do what I yeah. do. Yeah. So I'm just so I'm excited. I know there will be a grieving process of like a decade of being home with kids is going to end. And I'm sure I will sob big sobby tears all the way to kinder. And then I will drink the champagne with my friends when I get home because... Do you think you'll cry when you drop her off? I think I will. Did you cry with the others? I cried with the first. I mean, I sobbed on the way home because that was an end of an era, right? I had all my kids home all the time. And so dropping her off was losing my my, Uh my littlest, my Uh oldest baby. But the middle one, I I didn't. I was just, she was so excited. I was so excited. So I feel like I'm just going to be, I'm already super. I mean, you can one. see, I'm pretty excited about yeah. this. It's my last one. And I have so many dreams that I know are on hold until I have the ability to commit all the time to it. Yeah, yeah. And you've experienced change in your life and dreams that you've had. I mean, even, yeah. I mean, because you're a mom with three kids, right. you at one point were single, Yeah. you know, and yeah. then you were married right. and then you had kids, yes. that trajectory yeah. of your life. And so you've experienced what it feels like to kind of have to transition. You're always evolving what you can do with life circumstances, but you can't like wait till a certain life. Like I remember being like, man, once I'm married and I have kids, then I'll be qualified for ministry or I'll be, I'll have all this free time to do things. And that's like such a lie. And that's the thing I tell young people or even women my same age that are single is you don't all of a sudden become qualified because you're checking a, a certain box now on the form. You are qualified right where you are. It's small faithful steps. Like I may have just started writing a couple of years ago, but I've been writing my journal and writing a blog and teaching a Sunday school class with 12 people in it for years before I was ever having a full speaking schedule. And so that's the thing that I always tell people is start small right where you are. Say yes, unless the Lord's telling you to say no and just go there with whatever is your field. Like this is my field. Your field is similar. But whatever is your thing, you just have to start somewhere and take lots of small faithful steps along the way. But we talked about this a little bit earlier, but there's this kind of somewhere along the way, people thought that they could start and end up 12 steps later. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yes. And so you're like, well, no, you've been faithfully writing for years and years and years. Yeah. You know, and I've been faithfully doing this for years and years and years. And then it just showed up. Yes. Um, I've told this story in here before, but I'll tell it to you. When I took my first to kindergarten, cried. Yeah. Left the building, cried, cried, yeah. cried. Two more went to kindergarten. When Story, our youngest, went to kindergarten, Aaron and I were out of town and our babysitter took her to her first day <laughs> in kindergarten. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> she sent me pictures. She brought, the babysitter was awesome. Megan McCammon. She brought awesome. the teacher flowers. I've never done you that. You never do. <laughs> yeah. Which means you got in with that kindergarten exactly. teacher. So yeah. I always think it's so funny. Like the way life moves yeah, totally. is, and I'm about to, I mean, I'm ahead of you. And so you're crying about kindergarten. I'm crying about launching a kid into college Crazy. in two and a half years. Yes. And oh. that makes me just, I mean, I would cry right here. Yeah. I would curl into a ball and cry and start shaking. Yes. Oh. But I wonder, what, my point is, I wonder what I'll feel like launching story. Right. It'll be the last one. Yes. Yeah. We'll probably send her off to college and Aaron's like, we're going to Europe for three months. Yeah. Is that what we're going to do? Absolutely. Uh-huh. The kids are like, are y'all going to be okay when we all leave? We're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine. <laughs> we're going to be just fine. But I think some people aren't because like their marriage isn't as important to them as their kids. And so if you're dating your husband, if you still like your husband and on the days you don't like, you work to like each other again, 
then you, then you're going to be okay. But it's all those, that's what Chris and I have always said. We didn't want what we saw the generation above us who make the jokes about like, yeah, we have sex on anniversary and birthday. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I had that at every single wedding shower mm-hmm. joke. And I'm like, no, yeah. like that's so dumb and lame. Like I don't want it to ever feel awkward between us. He's my best friend. And I tell the girls all the time, I love your daddy so much. I love him more than you. You know, like, cause I want them to know he's more important to me than them. I say that as well. I did a talk about that at ERLC a year and a half ago. And one of my points was, I love my dad. I love my dad. I love my dad, but I love your dad more yeah. than I love you. Yeah. I got some pushback. For sure. Uh-huh. Some yeah. pushback of that is not okay. Not okay. It feels weird. It feels weird, yeah. you know? And so I guess I, I was about and to say, I understand the pushback, but yet mm-hmm. I don't know. And I think it's the hard thing is like, it's a different kind of love. Like Chris can do things to make me, I mean, my kids can too, but like to make us not love them anymore, feel the love for mm-hmm. them. And it's hard when it's like your own children. How could you not love them? They're your flesh and blood. Yeah. Your husband could betray you and leave you. It's a more vulnerable thing to say, I love you no matter what. You're my most important. Yeah. That's more vulnerable. It makes sense to love your kids more than anything. Yeah. But to like, I tell Chris all the time, like, you could honestly totally screw me over. You know, like my whole life, I've, I trust everything. And choosing to be a stay-at-home mom as an Enneagram 3, that was a vulnerable thing for me to be like, I'm trusting you completely with my life. And that's vulnerable. But to me, that's a great act of love for yeah. him. It's just to be like, I trust you that much. And you could totally screw me over, but I believe that you you're not going bills? to. No, I, I don't either. He's like super Dave Ramsey Jr. Uh, it would okay. be bad for our family if I did. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't know how to get, into our bank account. I don't know. I don't know what bills we have. I that's why I say he could I feel like I'm a 1950s like, house. He could either be saving lots of money, he could have a whole nother life. Or he has a whole nother family somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like he has a whole nother family. Um I have felt that in our home, if I'm not loving Aaron more than our kids, it's a different temperature in our house. Totally. And so for me, it's not even, I think, the right thing to do because our kids are going, they're going to start yeah. new lives. Yep. Like if God's if God's plan for them is for them to leave our house, which I hope that's in the plan, <laughs> but if his plan includes moving away yep. or getting married, they're yep. going to have their own thing. Yes. And I'm left here with Aaron. And so I even think more than just that yep. concept of yep. it's me and you forever, babe, yep. by God's, you know, yep. if that's his plan. Right. But also... The temperature of our home yeah. is better if yeah. Aaron and I are in sync. A team, yep. And a team and yes. loving and four and giddy mm-hmm. and all those things. Because when we're not, if we're arguing, the whole temperature in our house is off. Absolutely. And don't you want to raise kids? Like having three girls makes me like hyper aware of the kind of women I'm raising. And I, I just want to break the model for them that... It's just about you giving your whole life for the next generation. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but I don't think it's the only should. I mean, be, giving your whole life for your children and yeah, your mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, because technically what we do is the next generation. But yeah, yeah for your children, as I, I saw this cycle and it's in our faith, too, of like, I just want my kids to come to faith and share Christ with them and do this. So and then you're just creating robots who then you in turn create another robots. But if instead we can reverse things and say, I want you to live a full life. And you see mommy living a full life. So they don't like that I leave sometimes. I miss school picture day and they had to do retakes because the hair didn't get done right. You know, and <laughs> that's funny. I missed school picture day two years yeah. in a row and they said, I'm not allowed to next that year. so funny. And so, but different things that I, I simply miss because I'm on the road more or I'm away for a riding weekend or whatever. And, but I want them to see that they aren't my whole world, yeah. but man, I love them with my yeah. whole heart, you know? And so I think that's a good thing for us to teach our yeah. kids. I think one of my quotes from that talk, I could butcher it, but I'm the one that wrote it was, 
how do we expect our kids to give their life away from the go- for the gospel when all they see is us giving our lives away for them? Good, Jamie. Put that on your next shirt in really tiny font. But the point yeah. was, if like you're what you're saying, yeah. if are you if we're raising if we're raising a generation of yeah. daughters for you, and all they see is your whole life is a hundred percent them. Yeah. Like you would never miss and. And I think you can be just like yeah. you are. You can be a stay-at-home mom who yeah. is the main caregiver for your children. Yeah. And your kids can also see you caring about the least of these. They can yeah. also see you having to make yeah. sacrifices. They can also see dad having to make dinner every once in a while. Totally. Fill in the blank. Yes. Yeah. I tell my girls, I just spoke at Career Day this past week at my kids' school because they that wanted a real so author sweet. to come. It was the cutest thing ever. But I, the first thing I did in both my daughter's classes is I asked them, I said, So today, mommy's talking about being an author, but what's the most important thing? And they both smiled and rolled their eyes and said, being our mom. And I do that all the time with them before I leave is, mommy going to speak at this church is super important work. Mommy going to the prison is really important. Mommy going away to write is really important, but what's the most important thing I do? So they know, like I've ingrained that in them. Now they're going to resent me and have their own issues. And again, we're saving for counseling Counseling for the future. We are not getting this all right by any means because I yell at them as much as I speak positivity at them. But I want them to know that what I'm doing is important. And it's because it's important to me, it's the thing I'm called to do. And so if my oldest is a dancer and my middle is a teacher, or if anybody is whatever, that they know when they have to walk away from their family at times, or they walk, my oldest wants to be a professional dancer. That means she You're likely won't have kids until she's older, if it's her yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And that she knows I'm I'm choosing this because it's what's right for yeah. me, even if that means that it's not what's traditionally modeled. You know? I'm going to use that one that... You're my number one. Well, what'd you say? So I I tell them all the time, like what mommy's doing is important work, but what's my most Most favorite thing? Yeah, my most most important thing. You can. I'll give you what I say. Okay. When I have to leave again, which is often, I tell my kids. I and if you ask them this, they would say, "Why do I leave?" And it's always to go tell people about Jesus. I love that. Like I'm not leaving just yes. to go with Becky just to the spa, fun. which, which is not a bad thing you do sometimes. <laughs> which we, which <laughs> that happens. That. But yeah. I do yeah. say if I'm gonna if I'm choosing to leave and I'm yeah. in this part of your life. Tell people about Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. That's good. Look at us. Look at us. There are some things we get right. There's a whole lot of things. <laughs> the list is long. <laughs> the list yes. is long. Uh, okay, Becky, I always ask people, what are yeah. they reading? What are they loving? What am I reading? So I am not reading a lot of books these days because three kids working, Enneagram 3, all the things. Do you read when you're writing? I don't read when I'm writing, either. but I just did a lot of traveling for speaking in the fall. And so I grabbed Rachel Hollis's uh-huh. um, Girl Stop Apologizing, uh-huh. more out of curiosity from all the hype. Yeah. And as a life coach, I wanted to hear what she had to say. Right. And I loved it. Good. I know that she gets a ton of pushback in the Christian world, but uh-huh. she's not trying to be a Christian life coach. She's just trying to be a life, life coach, coach person. And as a life coach, I 100% endorse what she did. I, I was super motivated and encouraged, but she's not my discipler. And so I can separate the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the book that I most recently read. Okay. And I liked it. Good. I haven't read it. Things that I'm loving. Okay. Obviously, I am a holiday person. I wrote a holiday book. So I clearly love the holidays. So anything like holiday flavored, the Starbucks cups, they make me happy. I tried recently the white mocha with peppermint is super awesome. These are all too sweet for me. Okay. Well, you do half pumps because okay. I don't, I can't handle sweet okay. either. Hot Pump Snow Whip Cream Almond Milk makes it a little bit less. And there's this toasted marshmallow at Starbucks that is really good. Again, half the pump because it is a little bit too much. I Um, used to get, I don't do flavored creamer anymore in my coffee, but I used to at Christmas time. Yes. That peppermint mocha. Yeah. You don't do flavored coffee. You just, are you a black coffee black? I definitely drink black coffee a lot. That feels like a very grown up thing to do. I did Whole30 a couple of years ago. Okay. I made it 28 days. I, did, I said I did a whole 28. <laughs> I did a whole 28. <laughs> but I did black coffee. Okay. And so now 
I do feel like such a grown up. Yeah. I, out to eat or on an airplane, like I'll take coffee. Just no, black. No cream or sugar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I am so grown up. I am professional. Uh, but we uh, we get some like almond milk creamers yep. that have flavoring, but they're not super sweet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do it. Okay. Yeah. I lo- to Carry me, I'm on. like, even if I, were to, if I were to whole 90 it, I still would not give up coffee creamer. That is my favorite thing sure in the thing. whole world. Yeah. Um, okay, two, leopard everything. I love the leopard. I am so glad it's here. But Chris has officially told me I can I can't buy any more You're leopard done. things. There's just so many shirts you can have and maybe a pair or two of shoes that are leopard. And so he's just said like, you're done. We're done. We're done. Um, And then three. Wait, did you happen to see my leopard print suit? Yes, Jamie. I was so proud of you for wearing something so bold and fun. Thank you. Thank you. Because it's not my like norm. Yes. So did you. Who walks around with a leopard print (laughs) suit? No, I bought it. I got someone sponsored. Okay. And then you got to keep it. Mm -hmm. So because it's such a big one and you shared about it online, do, have you been able to wear it again? I wore it one other time at another speaking engagement okay. and then you, I wear them separately. Because the it's jacket, a blazer, super cute. It's a, bla- it's a blazer yeah. and pants. So okay. yeah. But I thought of you when when I saw that you said uh-huh. that, I was like, I wonder if she saw my leopard print suit. See, I, I, felt, <laughs> like, I felt like a complete uh-huh. bad. <laughs> I felt like a bad A. Yeah, you should. I think I might just put it yes, right around the house. It's like, I like to wear really... <laughs> <laughs> the kids get home from just school. Just Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for keeping it fresh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel that way when I love wearing bright colored lipsticks. And so I you wear... You do that so well. But see, most people are like, I just couldn't do it. It's not me. You feel like a hooker the first few times you're doing it. But then after that, it's like you, you just love it. own it. So for me, the bright lipstick is my leopard suit. You know when I felt like a hooker? When? The first time I got my lashes done. Yes. Now I love them. I could not imagine not yeah. having my lashes done, but yes. I got them done and I went to my friend Cheryl and I knocked on her door and I was like, tell me right now, do I look like, <laughs> do I look like a hooker? She was like, no, you look beautiful. I was like, you be, tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And now I can't imagine not having them. Right. But but do you like, especially feel like I got them done last summer. And I remember when I woke up the next morning, I felt like the college girl who had slept over at somebody's house, you and know, she where just it's wakes just up like, looking amazing. No, <laughs> we're like, you just still have all your makeup on and things are a little bit smudgy. Oh. And I, so I had to get over that. Stigma. No, I don't feel that way. Good. Did you have individual lashes put on? No, I had them tint. I have long lashes. Uh-huh, and so I had, do. I just had mine tinted. So I didn't have to worry about it over the summer oh, at the pools. I could yeah. still like sort mm-hmm. of pull it together. So mine are like individually glued right. on. I, they look, I can see them all the way from here. Thank you. They look awesome. Thank you. I can't imagine not having them. Well, you don't look like a hooker either. Thank you. <laughs> but I do. I have known that about you with your lipstick and you'll do like coral. Yeah. And I it, like you rock it. I love Thanks. it. Thanks. I really do love it. I, I mean, I'm about to say what you just said is, I don't know if I could do it, but. Yeah. You just have to try. And for me, like I also 98% of the time have my hair dry shampooed in a messy ponytail yeah. bun. So it's my one way of trying to look pulled together yeah. when I haven't showered in four days. Yeah, I get it. So yeah. that's me. Um, the third thing I'm loving is obviously I love Advent and the holidays and all that stuff. And one of our Advent studies, the for all study, it's all, it's the Christmas narrative. So every day is like Joseph, Mary, Zechariah, you're just walking through it. And I always are typically host a group in my home. And this time I reached out to the moms at my kids' elementary school. So there's a group of like 18 of us that gather in my living room once a week and we're just going through it. We had our first one this past week and it was I only knew a handful of the ladies. And so now it's like these ladies I've seen at the carpool line or at the parent events. I'm getting to know other Christian women at my mom's school, at my kid's school, and I'm getting to use my gifts to love on them too. And it has been, we've only had one, but it has been so sweet already. I feel like I've become closer friends with them. You're going to keep doing it. 
you're not going to give up after Christmas. I don't think. Yeah, I as we were in the middle of this past week's lesson, I was like, maybe this is my new Sunday school class. And it was just like where prison has been a place that I go to on a monthly basis, but I miss that like gathering in my my space or in a church. And so having this group in my living room that was just not church related, no denomination, no religious preferences or anything preferences. We were just moms at our kids' school gathering together in the middle of the day. I'm going to predict right now that 2020, you're going to do that every week. Okay. Okay. So we're going to send everyone to beckykaiser.com. Yep. I just guessed that. Look at there. Good job. There's not too many Kaisers. <laughs> There's not K-I-S-E-R. too many Kaisers. <laughs> I do like how you said Kaiser culture. Is that a thing? You say that no, before? I like you the said way it for came, the first I time. I like the way it came off my tongue when I said it too. I'm like, I think this is going to be a new thing. We're not going to do the Kaiser culture with a K though. We're just going to do Kaiser culture. <laughs> like regular. you would do like, what did we use? What is all the marketing in like the nineties where you would change out the yes, letters? Yes. Like K for yes. culture. Yeah. yeah. Not no, gonna do we're that. not, we're going to we'll yeah. keep it regular. Yeah. But I liked how it came out my tongue too. I did too. I thought, I thought you've said that before. I did too. Kaiser culture. Uh, no, seriously, thank you for all you're doing. Um, what I loved about this conversation today is, well, you know what? I'm going to say this. Okay. I'm going I'm to address something real quick. Okay. I get messages sometimes every once in a while and they'll say to me, why don't you just have like an everyday normal woman on the show? Why do we have authors and all the things? Yeah. And first of all, I, I want to say everyone that is on this show it's has normal. the same issues, <laughs> yeah. the same problems, yeah. and they're normal just like you. Yeah. Um, but what I also want to say is that God has given them a voice in this yeah. generation. He's right. given them wisdom to write and yeah. words to say, and that's how God is using them. Yeah. And that's what these mediums are for, yeah. radio, TV, podcast. Yeah. But I also always want to say is that these women are doing the same thing you're doing. Yeah. Yes, she wrote a book called Sacred Holidays. Yeah. But you know what you do every day? is you love your girls. Yeah. You invite women from your kid's school to your home to mm-hmm. study the Bible. You're using your gifts yeah. in the season that you're in and yeah. it's looked different every season. And yeah. so I, I don't get offended when people say that. And I understand a little bit where they're coming yeah. from, but I always want to say everyone that sits in this chair, yeah. <laughs> no matter if it's a Becky Kaiser or Jackie Velasquez right. or Beth Moore or whoever right. it might be, yeah. they're all living their everyday life with the gifts that God has given them. Yes, And their gifts are ministering to people that are listening. Yeah, reach it. Yes, Jamie. It's so true. So that my point in saying yeah. that was, I love talking to you today because you have said so many times, I want to do what God wants me to do. Yeah. And if that's big or if it's small, I don't care. Yeah. And that is how I want to be too. Yeah. Yeah. But people assume if you're doing something big, yes. you're better or God loves you more or so whatever. Bad. Yeah. No, we're all going, yeah. God, use me yeah. when and how and yeah. where you want to use me. Yes. And while we're having a love fest, can I tell you, I actually wrote it in the card that I have for you today of... The thing that I love having watched you since we met in person at Camp Well a few years ago is you have stewarded this thing God's given you with like such intentionality, but you've not wavered for popularity's sake. And I mean, like you've written out the book deals and you have allowed your platforms to grow and your podcast to explode and all these things, but you have held so true to that purity of the gospel in you. And like just your voice is still the same as it was three years ago. Like, I don't feel like this conversation, you've changed at all in three years. And that is what makes you very unusual is you're still approachable. And you invite people into these chairs regardless of their platform or anything like that because you just want to help women. And so that's one of the things that I've loved about this podcast. And just watching you sometimes up close and sometimes from afar is just to see you story that anyone's welcome and that you have not apologized though for 
what you believe in or shied away from that. The simplicity of the gospel, I think is beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, this show, here's what it's for. Encourage women, inspire them and point them to Jesus. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. That's what we're doing here. Becky, thank you. Thank you. We'll tell everyone on the show notes how to find everything about you. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye, friends. Bye. Friends, don't forget how helpful it is to shop online during the holidays. They're so busy in and of themselves. And ThreadUp makes it easy to get thrift store pricing with the convenience of online shopping. Discover millions of secondhand finds from trendy brands like Everlane and Vents, all up to 90% off your estimated retail. And instead of spending hours at all the stores where you live, shop millions of deals on your phone anywhere, anytime. ThreadUp is a sustainable and more affordable way to get through the season. And for our listeners, here's a little extra holiday cheer for you. Get 30% off your first order at threadup.com slash Jamie. That's 30% off your first order at threadup.com slash Jamie. I love when Becky said, even so, he is good. I'm so thankful for Becky's transparency with how this year she's learned to be okay with not being okay and how God has shown her that what God has done in the past and the pain of the current season are not separate, but God is still the same good father, no matter what the joy is or the trial. Guys, also, I told some pretty crazy stories at the beginning about reading two of my family members' journals. I'm here to set the record straight. That's the only time I've ever done that for either one of those people. I was going to ask Lindsay to take the story out about me reading Aaron's journal, and she said, oh, girl, you've told that before so many times. So there it is. I'm just throwing myself under the bus left and right here. But also, I had a little rant at the end about everyday people, and I hope that you hear my heart in that. I hope you hear that we are all people who are running our races and we're doing exactly what God has called us to be. And I want you to be so proud of where you're serving and what you're doing. And it is an honor that we get to bring some of those people to your ears every single week. I wanna encourage you to go look at the show notes so that you can find all of the ways that Becky is changing the world in 2020. She mentioned her life coaching event in early 2020. Go over to her webpage, sign up for her newsletter. Make sure you know about all of those things. Today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is our friend Tara Lee Cobble. She's been here before. This is her third appearance on the show and I'm so excited about you hearing our conversation of checking back in with her after what we talked about a year ago, which was starting the Bible recap in 2019. You guys will be super encouraged and inspired as you start looking to planning your 2020 Bible reading. And you guys, spoiler alert, I share in this episode that I started 2019 with the Bible recap and I am not going to be finishing the plan by the end of 2019. And that's okay. I'm going to keep going. So no matter where you are in the plan or if you get stuck with this thinking, you couldn't ever do it, next week's show is going to be exactly the encouragement that you need to keep going because every time you get in God's word, it's worth it. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. I will see you all right back here next week with my friend, Tara Lee Cobble. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.